Can you think uh, uh, what must have been going through the disciples' mind on that day? We're going to read through the, 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 uh, the, the scriptures here uh, over the next few moments, but I want to kind of set the stage for you. The, Jesus had resurrected from the dead, right? And he showed himself and proved that he was alive to more than 200 people over a period of 40 days. And just before he ascended back to the Father, he said, hey guys, don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem. I got a gift for you. And they're like, well, wait a minute, what? What's going on? So I'm about to go to the Father, but hang out in Jerusalem. I have something for you. And, of course, they were perplexed. and They were worried. They were fearful. No, Jesus, you're alive. Just come and stay with us. And so what must have been going through their minds when they gathered in that upper room and they begin to spend time together and they begin to pray and they begin to seek God and maybe the first few prayers started like, like this, uh, Father God, we love you, and why did you take Jesus away? You know, and so they were there, and have you ever been in that moment where things seem to have been going wonderful for you, much like the disciples? Jesus is alive. Now he is going to restore everything in the right order. He's going to overthrow Rome, and everything's going to be wonderful. The Messiah is alive, and, and yet when things were going great for the disciples, now they find themselves 120 of them or so in an upper room wondering what's going to happen next. Have you ever been there? Lord, I'm following you. Lord, you're faithful, but I don't know what to do in this moment. I don't know what to do in this moment. And so as I was preparing, Lord, what do you want me to speak on uh, uh, you know this particular Sunday that that Pastor Rob's going to be gone and I, and I was praying and I felt just continually that the Lord was saying I want you to preach and speak on the person of the Holy Spirit who is the Holy Spirit and 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 I got excited about that I, I like talking about the Holy Spirit and 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 as I was praying about that. Uh, several days, all the way up to this past Thursday, I was like, you know, I'm so excited about this. And I begin to think about that day of Pentecost. And I, I, I begin to wonder, JC, when is Pentecost Sunday? I, I had forgotten when it was. And so me being the great theologian that I am, I Googled it. <laughs> I said, when is the day of Pentecost. And it said, Sunday, May 28th. And I was like, wow! I'm like, listen, I, I, I promise you, the Lord, like, um, he knew when, 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 when the day of Pentecost was and when it was then and when it is now. And, and, and so I'm excited today, if you can't tell, to talk about the Holy Spirit and to talk about who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And so R.T. Kendall, pastor and author, R.T. Kendall said this, there are word churches and there are spirit churches. I'm going to stop right there. I don't know a greater word church in America than upcountry church, right? The way Pastor Rob breaks down the word of God. You can clap. I will let him know. <laughs> The way he breaks down the word and, 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 we, and we study it together, it's amazing. 
R.T. Kendall said these, there are word churches and there are spirit churches. And there has been a great divorce in the church between word and spirit. And like any divorce, some kids go with mom and some kids go with dad. R.T. Kendall said this, he followed it up with this, revival happens when you bring those two back together. Come on now, I'm telling you, I'm a, yeah, come on, we can clap, that's all right. Listen, revival happens when we take the word of God and we take the spirit of God and say, okay, Lord, do what you want to do in and through me. Now, I've got good news because we are a word church. I believe we're a spirit church too, but we're a word church. I got good news. If you want to be on good terms with the Holy Spirit, Get to know the Word of God. You want to know why? He wrote it. The Scripture says all Scripture is God-breathed, right? God-breathed from who? From the Holy Spirit who gave wisdom and direction to each of the writers. So if we want to be a word church, listen, we've got to get to know the word and get to know the author of that word. R.T. Kendall again. There's two types of churches, spirit and word. Revival happens when they come together. Who is the Holy Spirit? We know that there's God the Father and there's God the Son, right? And God the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've got friends. They're like, God the Father, God the Son. And they're like, I'm going to, you know. I'm like, no, 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 don't hide the Holy Spirit. He's part of the Trinity, amen. So who is the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? A.W. Tozer said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. I want to tell you, in places where that is true, that is a very sad statement. It really is a, a damning statement in a lot of American churches today that if the Holy Spirit was removed, we could just keep having church. I want to tell you, if the Holy Spirit is removed, there's no point in being here. Right? The scripture says that no one comes to the Father except the Spirit draws them. And so today we're going to look at John chapter 14, some of John 15 and 16, and some other, some other uh, scriptures as well. So Jesus was talking to the 11 disciples that were left, and then there were others that were around. And these men had given up everything, correct? They had dropped their nets if they were fishermen. The tax collector, Matthew, left his post and his finances and all of, his, all of the, 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 the things that were, were added to, uh, uh, to that. The zealots quit zealoting. I don't know. You know they, just began, they, they just began to follow Jesus. And, and, and so they left everything. And so think about that. Jesus is looking at them and he's saying, hey, things are about to change. And I think their initial thing was like, oh, you know it's going to change because you're alive and there goes Rome and here we are. Woo, we're the champions, right? And he said, no, things are going to change and I am about to leave. I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. I'm going to send you another Helper. 
Now, I want to tell you, the disciples did not want to hear that. There's a lot of people in our churches today that don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. And I promise you, the disciples had no clue. Because they're like, they knew what Jesus looked like. They knew what the color of his eyes were. They knew, uh, uh, you know, his sense of humor. They knew if he gave them a certain look, oh, I'm a little in trouble. Uh, Peter's like, he just called me Satan. You know what I'm saying? So they knew Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm about to go away. And they're like, no. But Jesus said, I'm going to send another helper. So the first thing that we know that the Holy Spirit is And the Holy Spirit is to us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17 says, And I, this is Jesus, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he says to the disciples, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you another helper. Listen, that word, another, you know, I was so excited about this message. I even started looking up some things in Greek. I never do that because it's all Greek to me, but anyway, I I began to look at things up in Greek, and that word another in Greek, we're going to look at two words. For, For us, another means another, right? In Greek, there's two words that mean other or another. The first one is elos, elos. It means other or another of the same kind, other or another of the same kind. And then there's the word heteros. Heteros means other or another of a different kind. So Jesus is saying, hey guys, I'm going to send another helper and he's going to be just like me and he's going to be different than me. Well, wait a minute, hold up. Well, the only way that I could kind of figure it out for myself, I, uh, my, my daughter Abby, uh, she's a big volleyball player. She's really good at volleyball. Uh, she's been playing for years and years and years. And, um, and so uh, over the years, we have gathered a bunch of uh, volleyball shoes, right? And I've got to admit, it's partially my fault. I have uh, one belief when it comes to team sports. Your shoes should match your uniform. Can I get an amen? All this fluorescent green stuff when your uniform is red, that should not be allowed. Anyway, so she's played for different teams, and so we have a bunch of shoes from those different teams, blue and white ones, light blue and white ones, white ones, uh, you know, blue and yellow. She's mainly played for blue teams. And so, I mean, she's just got many, many, many pairs of shoes, volleyball shoes. And so then she comes to me one day and she said, Dad, I need a new pair of shoes for volleyball. I was like, no, you don't. You have all these other shoes. She said, no, 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 Dad. These are shoes, but they're a different kind of shoe. She said, I need, they're they're slides. I don't know if you know what slides are. Slides are kind of like flip-flops without the flip or the flop. You just slide your foot in, right? And she puts the slides on to walk from the car to the gym so she doesn't have to walk uh, on the, the, the pavement 
in volleyball shoes. She's like, I need new shoes. They're shoes, but they're a different kind. And that's what Jesus was telling the disciples. He's like, look, I'm going to send you a helper who is just like me, and and he's going to serve the purpose like I did. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your friend. He's going to be your guide. He's going to be your encouragement. And then he said this, but he's also different than me. You see, when the, the disciples hung out with Jesus, when they were with Jesus, they were with Jesus. But when he would go away to pray or go away to visit another friend, they did not have Jesus, right? And if we look throughout the New Testament, most of the time when Jesus would go away, they got themselves in trouble. Jesus is not with them. They're in the middle of the, you know, the water in a boat. Storm. Here comes Jesus walking on the water, right? I mean, all the time when Jesus wasn't around, they're arguing about, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. No, yeah. And so when Jesus was not with them, they were what? Alone. They were by themselves. So Jesus said, this new gift is going to be like me in the fact that he's going to encourage you and love you and, 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 you know, and give you opportunities and all of those things. He said, but he's going to be different in the sense of he's going to be with you everywhere that you go. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is another of the exact same thing, and I have been with you, but he's also saying that he is just like me, but he is also going to serve a different purpose. He will always be with you. Jesus is saying it's more beneficial that I go away and I send you the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus is speaking and he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now think about what Jesus is saying. He's saying, Peter, James, John, Matthew, hey guys, it's, gonna, it's to your advantage that I go away to the Father and I send you the Holy Spirit. He's literally saying, it could have been controversial, he's literally saying, hey, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is greater than me walking beside you. Think about that. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it's to your advantage than, than, than even having me Walking beside you. Why? Because we gain the presence of the Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us, directing us, always being with us. Jesus says, I'm sending you another one like me. He's not some weird force, right? He's not, it's not like, may the force be with you. Oh, I got the Holy Spirit. No, it's literally the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He said, now dwells in you. If you finish that portion of scripture, it says, and he will quicken your mortal bodies to do what? To do what he's called you to do. Listen, guys, I want to tell you that it's better to have the Holy Spirit. Have you ever said, man, I just wish Jesus was right here? Boy, if I was those disciples or those Pharisees and I saw Jesus, I would have never doubted. Come on. I've said that too. I wish I could just have Jesus right here. And he says, you, you can't. 
It's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Number two, so the Holy Spirit was our what? What was the first one? He was our helper. The second one, the Holy Spirit is our friend. The Holy Spirit is our friend. Now, how many of you would say at one point or another in your life, you had a, you've had a strange friend? You, you've had a weird friend. I see that hand. Because <laughs> yeah, if you're not raising your hand, maybe you had a weird friend. We discovered in the first service, it's full of weird people. <laughs> not really. If, <laughs> I've had a weird friend. In fact, one of my weird friends, his name was Maurice. And he wasn't weird because his name was Maurice. That was a pretty cool name. He, he, but he would say peculiar things, and he would do peculiar things. And he was from New Orleans originally, and he grew up Catholic. And he was telling me the story uh, of when he went through um, catechism. But when Maurice was telling the story, he said, oh, yeah, I remember that. I learned a lot in Kitty Chasm. I'm like, I'm not Catholic. Well, I, I even knew that I don't think that's correct. I'm like, Maurice, I'm like, kitty chasm? I'm like, well, I mean, listen, Pastor Rob and Mary Beth and the family, they were out at the, uh, uh, the, the Grand Canyon this week. Can you imagine, like, kitty chasm of the Grand Canyon? It's like, oh, look at that great gulf in between us, a chasm filled with kittens. <laughs> I'm like, Maurice, bro, I don't think that's the correct thing. And, and, then, and then one time we were on the same pastoral staff, and we had to go to a funeral. I rode with uh, Maurice, and Maurice had the tendency to sometimes be late. I am not late. I don't like to be late. I'm always on time or early. That's good. That's a good way to be. Uh, Carson, you were here super early today. Good way to be. All right. (laughs) And so uh, I was riding with with, uh, Maurice, and we got there. We were about two minutes before the service started, and we ran in, and we just jumped in uh, the the back row, and, and we sat down. And I looked over, and Maurice seemed a little nervous. I'm like, What's wrong, Maurice? He said, I just hope we're sitting on the right side. I said, you just hope we're sitting on the right side? And then it hit me. I'm like, Maurice, that's a wedding, man, (laughs) sitting on the bride's side or the groom's side. The funeral, you can sit wherever you want. It's not like, you know, on the left side, you're like, I'm kind of glad they're gone. I mean, come on. I'm like, Maurice, bro, that's, that's crazy. All right, you want one more, Maurice? One more? Maurice was talking about how close he was to his family. Now, these are true stories. These are not jokes. Amanda has got, yeah, she's nodding. I'm not, these are not like jokes that Pastor, that, that I'm pulling out of, out of a book or something. These are true stories. He's talking about how close he was to his family, and, and at one point he had to make a decision uh, uh, whether to go do something with his family or to go do something else with friends. And he said, and I decided to do things with my, my family. He said, because uh, blood is thicker than family. And I'm like, no, Maurice, blood is family. You know? So listen, Maurice was my weird friend. I said all of that to say the Holy Spirit is not your weird friend. He is your friend. He's your helper. He's your friend. But he's not weird. He's not strange. In fact, everything he does is for your benefit, right? Everything he does is to, for you to grow closer to the Lord, for you to be able to do what he's called you to do. Let me ask you again. If you want to be on good terms with the Holy Spirit, what do you need to do? Read the Word. Why? Because he wrote it. 
He wrote it every word, every jot, every tittle. Sometimes people think, I get the Father, uh, God the Father, and I get uh, God the Son, but, but I, oh man, God the Holy Spirit, sometimes that kind of freaks me out. You've even got some people that have removed God the Holy Spirit, and for them it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. Listen, God's word is important. It is super, super important. In fact, God put his word above his name. But you can't take the Holy Spirit out and still think you have God the Holy Bible, right? Because he wrote it. He said, I'm going to send a comforter. He didn't say, I'm going to send uh, a pocket New Testament. (laughs) No, he said, I'm going to send the same spirit that raised me from the dead. John 16, verse 8. Through 11, it says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world will be judged. Jesus is literally saying the Spirit is coming and he's going to point everybody to me. It's amazing to see the Trinity working together. Let's look at another uh, Greek word in the passage that describes the Holy Spirit. The Greek word in this particular passage is parakletos. Parakletos. And it means one who is called to one side, especially with the intention to help. Parakletos. So the root word of that is para meaning to come alongside. We see that in the word paragraph. So a paragraph is a collection of sentences side by side to form an idea. Paramedic, someone who comes alongside and helps in a medical situation uh, in an educational sense. Uh, Oftentimes a teacher will have a parapro that will come alongside and to help teach. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us to help us and encourage us just like Jesus did with the disciples. So John chapter 14, verse 25 through 27 says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Jesus was a teacher, right? The Holy Spirit is our teacher, and and he will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, so let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When Paul wrote that to the the church in Philippi, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. He was saying, if you believe that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right here is his peace, and it will pass all understanding. He's your comforter. He is your peace. And so Jesus is our helper. Excuse me, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He is our friend. And third, the Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, and so you notice what the Scripture doesn't say. God the Father, 
God the Son and the Holy Spirit is the crazy uncle. No, it didn't say that. The Holy Spirit is also God. In fact, it's God on the inside of us. Again, I keep saying it, but the same spirit that Christ had. John 15 verse 26 says this. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send him, Jesus, from the Father. And the spirit of truth, he is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness about me. And so Jesus said, I'm going to send the, the, the helper and I'm going to get him from the Father. And when he comes, he's going to speak about me. The Holy Spirit is sent from the Father and he's sent in the name of the Son. Luke chapter 3 verse 22. And the Holy Spirit, this is when Jesus was being baptized. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Listen, this passage in Luke chapter 3 verse 22 is one of my favorites uh, in the entire scripture. Why? Because you have God the Son being baptized. You have the scripture says God the Holy Spirit coming down in bodily form like a dove. And then you have God the Father audibly saying this is my son. You have literally the Trinity working in concert together. Listen, it's amazing to say listen, God the Father, Lord God we love you. God the Son, we love you. God the Holy Spirit, we love you. Why? Because they're three persons of the Godhead. And so so the Holy Spirit comes down on Jesus like a dove. And God the Father says in an audible message, you are my beloved Son and I am pleased with you. Speaking of baptism, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now again, this is shortly before Jesus ascended to the Father. He said, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I have taught you and commanded you, and I'm going to be with you always. How is he going to be with us always? The Holy Spirit. Speaking of baptism, once again, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered them and all, and he was saying, I baptize you with water, but He who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you uh, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 through 8. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem 
but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, this was Jesus, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They still didn't get it, right? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed on his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and, and to the end of the earth. And so what did Jesus say? He sent the Holy Spirit for us to do what? To have power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in ho- at home, Judea, hey, the outskirts, the suburbs, right? Samaria, places that we dare not even go, and then to the ends of the world. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and you will receive power to be my witnesses. Speaking of baptism, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and when the day of Pentecost arrived, They were all together in one place. Now remember, they had been praying together for 10 days. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the fourth thing about the Holy Spirit for us, the Holy Spirit is a gift. And that gift of the Holy Spirit is to help us to become bold. See, I want you to understand the same Simon Peter who was afraid to tell a servant girl that he was with Jesus uh, and he denied Jesus two other times, even cursing him, cursing that he even knew Jesus. Once he received the Holy Spirit, the helper, the friend, the comforter, the spirit of truth, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he then stood up and proclaimed the gospel for the very first time, right? And, and more than 3,000 men came to Christ. Now, I want you to know something. The day of Pentecost is the the, the birthday of the church. The day of Pentecost, there is no church without Pentecost. Why? Because in that room, that upper room, there was 120 followers of Jesus. 120 people who were perplexed and upset and wondering why Jesus had to go away. But when the Holy Spirit came, the church was born. When Peter began to, for the very first time, think about it, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 3,000 men came to a salvation knowledge of him. Hello, church. And over and over and over, the Bible would say, and the Lord added more to the number. And the Lord added more to the number. See, because of Pentecost, because of Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we are part of that number. So the Holy Spirit is a gift. And number five, the Holy Spirit is for all believers. Acts chapter 11, verse 15 through 18. 
This is Peter speaking. He says, as I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them, the Gentiles, as he gave to us, the Jews, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent and glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. The Holy Spirit is for all believers. Acts chapter 19, verse 2 through 7. And he said to them, this is Paul speaking to believers. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we had not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, we were uh, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that is Jesus. And when Paul said that, he laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in other tongues, and they began to prophesy, and there was about 12 men in all. You see, the gift of the Holy Spirit was not just for Jewish believers in New Testament times. And the gift of the Holy Spirit was not just for the Gentile believers in New Testament times. See, if we believe that all Scripture is God-breathed and inerrant, we have to then believe that He said, I'm going to send my people the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for you and for I. How do we make disciples? And win the lost at Upcountry Church. It's through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because see, without the Spirit of God flowing in our lives and, and dwelling in our lives and we know the Word and we're praying and we're, we're, we're close to the Lord, without that Holy Spirit, we can talk about everything we want to talk about. We can witness, but people aren't necessarily going to respond. Why? Because the Spirit of God is drawing them. Where you used to be timid and shy and say, I, I don't know exactly what to say. I want to share my faith, but I don't know what to say. You know what? There's a simple thing that, that we can do. Holy Spirit, I pray that today you would fill me with the words to say. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you today to use me in an awesome way. We tell our students all the time, if you pray for opportunities, be ready because opportunities are there. If you want boldness to be his witness, Holy Spirit, I need you.